You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dan, last two things I want to touch on, uh, one related to the quarterback class and one related to Ryan Poles. Let's start with the quarterback class. It's an interesting dynamic because before the trade, there was the suggestion that Ryan Poles was going to wait until uh, he, he saw somebody. It would require somebody to blow him away uh, before they would, you know, not uh, before they would want to draft that guy number one overall. It's a very different scenario now. I wonder pros and cons. Yeah. Do you go through your evaluation process with all four quarterbacks, even though you're sitting there at nine? And it's really unlikely to create a scenario. You'd have to be very uh, outlandish to come up with a proposal that would make sense why the Bears would draft a quarterback there. So why would they evaluate them? So so this is an interesting conversation to me, David, because I think the minute that you pulled the trigger on that trade and got rid of the number one pick, you closed the door on your evaluations to a large extent on the 2023 quarterback class. Now, the reason I bring it up, and this isn't being critical, but it's worth worthy of conversation, is you promised going into the offseason that you were going to do your due diligence on this class, which presumably meant going to all their pro days, which presumably meant maybe bringing a couple in to Hallis Hall for a top 30 visit to see how they are on the board, to see if they blew you away, to put them through a private workout, to see kind of how the ball comes off their hands, what their movement skills are like. And now you've closed the door on that. Is it a mistake? I don't know. Uh, is it worth asking? Certainly, you know, because like you had the number one pick in this draft, you know, and so this that was an opportunity, if so desired, to change course at quarterback. I understand completely why they're not. You and I have talked about it even before Ryan Poles coined the phrase stay the course. The Take the North podcast was saying stay the course and and see it through. Right. And so right through they will and see it through. They they have to. But you can't discount the possibility that five years from now, we're looking back and going, my God, why didn't they take more time to allow themselves to be open-minded, to be blown away by Bryce Young? And so, it, it, you know, again, I'm not being critical, but I don't think it's out of line to, to bring up that conversation. I also think that it's just smart business and it's good networking and there's nothing to be, it, it's only time. And, and if you have it, use it wisely. And so what is there, you're not going to, you're not going to be sorry for getting to know everything you can about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. One, because you never know when, in fact, you might be in a room across from them negotiating uh, a contract uh, during free agency. You may not, you never know when you might be facing them yeah. in a Super Bowl, and you might <laughs> want to know every tendency that there is or a playoff game or whatever the case may be. I think the more information you can gather, the better off you're going to be, and there's still – you know, a month, over a month until the draft. If you have the time, finish the process if you've already started it. And if you haven't started it, shame on you. You should have. 
So well, that, yeah, see, that's the latter part, right? Is how far along did you get and how thick are those files inside the offices at Hallis Hall on each of those quarterbacks? And if they're not fully filled out, well, then that's, it, again, it's not worthy of criticism, but it's worthy of, of putting a star on and saying, let's revisit this in 2027. Yeah, I think because that's that's the thing that with Ryan Poles, I would think when you regather and after the first wave, you maybe take a deep breath this week, you start to examine all kinds of things. You have these conceptual conversations, I hope, that are theoretical, but also, you know, say a lot about how invested you are in the process. And if you are invested fully in the process, see this through as well, you know, see it through to the end conclusion to find out what you think and where they would be on your draft board, just for the sake of consistency. Frankly, that's how good managers manage. That's how good leaders lead. They take the same approach regardless of what happens. So if, if they made a trade where it makes it unlikely that they would draft a quarterback at number nine. It's still not impossible. And what if they move back and they're at 17 and, oh, my gosh, they, for whatever reason, somebody dropped down and you have to go through, you have to finish it, and you have to see what you got. Well, I'll push this onto the bridge for your last topic here because part of this is tied to Ryan Poles' um, continued transparency and openness and uh, willingness to talk through philosophy and approach to this entire offseason with some of the national media. And, and he's sort of said that there was like a moment for him where he worried that the um, hype, I, I don't know, the hype or the, the worth or the value of this quarterback class would recede between the middle of March and the start of the draft, you know, and he, he, he worried that that would down value the assets he was working with. And so I, I guess we'll use that as a transition into some thoughts you have about Well, it's interesting. <laughs> here's, here's what I find interesting. He spoke to Peter King in Monday morning or football morning in America. Yeah. And then he spoke to Albert Breer from SI.com. Both are highly respected national reporters. And he said similar things to both guys. They were presented differently, but basically both cases came through for me this. Number one, he thought about move, tr keeping uh, trading down twice. He was very open about, well, you know, I could have kept it and moved down to two and moved from two to nine, but I didn't do that. And I wonder what the value is in throwing that out there. Secondly, he talked about the historical nature of the trade and the historic, he was thinking about these things when, while that's very honest, and I don't want to fault anybody for being that transparent because these are good interviews and they were fascinating quotes. I want my general manager, frankly, to be more worried about making progress than history because if, without making progress, you won't make history. You'll, you'll be unemployed before long. So I found it interesting how open he was about the, the types of emotions he was feeling because rarely do you hear that. So I don't want to fault him for that necessarily, but I also don't think it revealed somebody that was in complete control of a direction he wanted to go. There was a lot more vacillating than I think you um, maybe thought originally. And he was pretty open about that to both, both national reporters. When you sit in the chair that I sit in and you're hoping that you get paired up with general managers and coaches who are willing to be transparent and forthright and honest, I, I find it difficult to um, worry when they start talking a lot because the whole goal is to get them to talk a lot and talk more and talk more from our seat. But I know exactly what you're saying. And there is a, a, a little bit to this now where we have things from the general manager's own mouth that we can use over time to judge the success of this trade, right. And, and where he was at, um, you know, what he thought he could get done with Houston. And then again, 
from moving, you know, his goal of, of trying to do something historic, move from one to two and then two to nine, uh, then feeling a little bit worried that it wasn't going to work out. There are a lot of machinations to the, the thought process that led to the eventual trade that they made. I think the more you know about how a general manager made his way from point A to Z on a decision, the better you are equipped to judge it fairly down the road. And so all this stuff, I think, for you and I is, is a, a major plus in being able to, to evaluate this over the next month, two months, month, year, two years. I agree with that. I, I, I think sometimes, and you can't have it every way, right? But I do think that when you ask for or benefit from the candor of somebody you're covering or interviewing, from a broader perspective, you want that candor to inspire confidence, not sure. necessarily doubt. And, 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 I, and I don't know where I am yet with, with Ryan Poles, to be honest with you, because I just don't know if the way he went about this, I applaud the trade, but then I don't understand the free agent approach. And I'll, I'll applaud the draft pick of uh, Braxton Jones, but I yeah. don't know. I mean, it's a very mixed bag for me after one year on the job. Well, so I think I'm still trying to figure out exactly the way I feel. So if I want to be a fan and I want to believe everything's good yeah. and it's all rosy, then I'm going to see this is great. This is terrific. Uh, transparency. Thank you, Ryan. But I'm not a fan and I'm looking at this objectively and I just don't know how to interpret it yet. Here's part of how I would interpret it. And I think you're justified and reasonable and scratching your head on some of this part of how I would interpret it is this is a 37 year old general manager doing a lot of things for the first time. I remember conversations in 2015, 16 and 17 with Ryan Pace, where it became very clear that this was a uh, leader working through his inexperience. Right. And that's going to come with with the job. And so I think in some regards, Ryan Poles now is doing similar things. I think he's, he, you know, last week he, he made an open admission uh, when he met with us at Hallis Hall about, you know, going through the contract negotiation process in this way to this level for really the first or maybe second time, if you go back to last year and still having to feel things out and find his way in that regard. And so there 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 are levels of inexperience that you can only get through with more experience. And this is an example of that where it is a mixed bag. And sometimes a mixed bag is a byproduct of having a guy who's 37 and trying this for the first time on his own and is, is going to, you know, try to feel his way out to a, a place where he's comfortable, both with the decisions he makes and the way he explains the decisions he makes. Last thing for me on this, I respect his willingness to be open about the process because that is something we don't see all the time in the NFL. I think by the same token, by, by, by peeking behind the curtain, it's okay not to feel great about everything you see and everything you hear. And I don't yet feel great about everything that I see in here. Uh, and maybe that makes puts me in the minority, but that's okay because it is very early in the process. And it's great to get draft picks, but now you have to do something with them to look like the trade is as good as it appears on paper early on. So I don't want to criticize him for talking too much. I'm not doing that. Uh, but I do think that it does stand out because it is somewhat unusual to have a, a young general manager take this approach. Well, so I'm going to give you just one other footnote on this because I come from a background, my start in the league in Minnesota a decade ago where 
they were very forthright. You know, I, I th this past week I dug up a, a piece I did on draft philosophy and draft reasoning uh, with sit downs with Rick Spielman and George Payton and Scott Studwell in the Vikings organization where they felt comfortable sharing as much as possible to let you know why they were doing things and, and how they were doing things. Uh, I bring that up because part of what I was digging into that is going to be a, a fodder for our conversation in a couple of weeks about hit rates in the draft and, and how they go about doing things. But I, I, I bring up that Vikings example because Kevin Warren was in that organization, right? And Kevin Warren is now Ryan Poles' boss. And it'd be interesting to hear the kinds of conversations they're having behind the scenes on, Hey, Ryan, you know, good idea, way to get out with, with some of the national folks and get our message out there. Or, Hey, you might want to pull back here or there. It'll be really interesting to see where they go. I, I do know that in Minnesota, they were okay having the book open and letting you know a lot of why they were doing what they were doing. And, 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 and then it just becomes a lot easier for us to, to interpret what we're seeing because we don't have to play the guessing game. As much.